Welcome to Let's Boop Snoots. Boop. Are you ready to boop? I'm ready to boop. Because I'm ready to boop. I'm ready to boop. Today, we're going to boop about how to exercise your dog. Creative ways to exercise your dog. Ooh. And ringworms. <laughs> yes. I'm going to talk about skin conditions and dogs. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Ugh is how we feel about it. Ugh is how we feel about it. So this happened just the other night. I think it was like yesterday evening, actually. And I just happened to catch on Gibbon's face, my Weimarana. Uh, I noticed he had this big, like, circular sort of, like, raised area, like, right on his chops. (laughs) And when I touched it, it was, like, super, like, crusty and, Mm. like, the skin super dry and everything Mm. like that. And I was like, Mm. what is this? (laughs) So I took to the interwebs immediately, and it appears as though he got some ringworm. Yum. How gross. Where did you put your face? Where did you put your face, Gibbon? And then, um, I, like, I touch his face, like, literally every day. Can humans <laughs> catch ringworm? Uh, they can, because, like, I yeah. can remember getting it once, like, when I was younger. And they said, do you have animals at home? And I said, yes, cats. And they said, do they lay on you? And I said, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, cat. <laughs> yes, cat. <laughs> if any of you have not seen the yes, cat video, YouTube it instantly. Yes. It's, it's, it's what a got us all saying yells um so i said yells and they gave me an antifungal cream it's that there's no worms actually involved in ringworm folks. no Calm it's down. just yeah the name just it's, sounds gross it sounds gross and it is gross and then fungus is always gross mm-hmm. unless it's mushrooms that you're eating in a delicious meal of some kind and a little mushroom risotto. <laughs> and a little mushroom risotto. But I do not want a dry, flaky risotto on Gibbon's face. <laughs> so have you... You've gotten the cream? The antifungal cream? Well, I no, I did not get an antifungal cream. So I started looking up about skin t- conditions in dogs and stuff like this. So shall I, shall I take her away here? Take her away. All right, so I decided to start looking up because at first I wasn't sure what it was and I was like, what is this? Like, is it like eczema or does he have like, is this another allergy thing? Because like, for all of you who haven't tuned in, Gibbon's been having like food and digestive issues. So I thought like, is this just all part of it? And oh my goodness, and I hate switching foods and it's all been such a pain in the butt, but pretty, pretty confident that it's ringworm. So anyways, uh, I took to the interwebs and started looking up different kinds of skin conditions, which might be helpful for all of y'all with your doggos. Mm. So I'm just going to list a couple of different ones and some like things that they recommend on how to treat for it, but also like natural ways to treat with stuff in your home that can be quite effective. So the first thing that I found was Uh, It's called like allergic dermatitis. So dogs can obviously have reactions to food like we've talked about many times. Um, Insect bites, some of them it's like pollen, some of them it's like you tried a new shampoo or it's a soap of some kind. And anyways, you you can just see a big red like raised, it's just like a rash like you would see on, on yourself and you can see them licking or scratching at it wherever it is and this type of thing. So 
if you start noticing that there's a rash on your dog and the photo that I have here on the inter interwebs is like right even, even in between their toes, you can, you can Ooh. see it's all red and raised and super That's irritated. Hard. Mm -hmm. Especially and when especially it's like wet weather. Well, wet weather, but also it's hard when it's in a place where they can lick at it incessantly, mm -hmm. right? And that's sort of like if you notice that your dog's like, like, I mean, I find animals scratch all the time anyways, or they're flapping their ears around or they're taking a little itch and stuff like that. Like we all scratch ourselves like that, that was a huge thing at the beginning of the pandemic, right? It was like, don't touch your face because, you know, you scratch something or you move your hair out of the way or you like, you know, just touch at your nose or whatever. Like we all get itchy in different ways. But if you're noticing like excessive licking or excessive scratching you might want to do a once over on your pooch and um if you're noticing like a big red rash like this i would start th the first th thing that i would think of is okay what have i fed them like what or what have i done that's different did i try a new shampoo did we try a new treat did we just switch to a new food and start thinking about things that you've done out of the norm because that's like a potential and start seeing if it lines up with when the rash appeared because sometimes it can take like a good few days for it yeah. to start like causing issues in your dogs. So I would say just avoid any of the things that, that you first tried. And again, try to keep your dog from licking or scratching, whatever it is. Like Gibbon got a little irritated under his arms in the in the summer. I thought it was like a heat rash. But he was like, I could see him itching at it or licking. And whenever I noticed, I'd be like, hey, 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 hey. And uh, try to get them from stopping. So, uh... and if you're gonna try some new things, try it one thing at a time. So yes, that you know, you know, yeah, exactly. What might cause it. Yes, true that, true that. So, if they do have a dermatitis and you decide to take them to the vet to be like, what do I do? Um, they're probably gonna give you a cream of some sort like usually corticosteroid or something mm -hmm. like that to try to make a rash go away. But uh, something that you can do at home if you want to give it a try first is you can literally just make like a paste out of water and baking soda because that can dry out the rashes on the skin. It alleviates the itching. Like it gives it like a nice, cool um, feeling for them. And it's like au naturel. And if they lick at it, it's not going to kill them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's a good way to give it a try at home and uh, see if that does anything for you. So the next one up is yeast. So dogs can get yeast infections, usually in the ears, mm -hmm. but sometimes like um, in between their toes and stuff like that too. They can get it like anywhere, really. And um, you can see that it's like uh, irritated skin but also like slightly discolored. Like it looks like a little brownish, yellowish. Like you can see it like raised a little flaky. Um, yeah. They're easy to diagnose and like you can smell it. The, the thing that's different about yeast is that it's a little bit stanky. Like you can yeah. definitely like smell it on them. And if it's so, in the ears, they have like that brownish discharge. Yes. That comes out. For sure. So for cleaning the ears, it is um, apple cider vinegar is mm -hmm. a good one. Half water, half apple cider vinegar. Yes. And uh, when yeah, that's another thing is like with apple cider vinegar, 
so, so this is what I applied to Gibbon's face as well. Like when I noticed this and I just like soaked a gauze and just pure apple cider vinegar. But if you have like an area of skin that's open or like cracked or it's like seeping or anything like that, that's going to be like really sore on them. So it's going to burn. Yeah, it's going to burn. So yes, definitely dilute it half, half with water. Uh, this one was like super dry, so he tolerated it really well. And I think the more strong you can make it, the more faster it will heal up. But again, like the, the vet's going to, um, most likely, um, prescribe you a skin. But with the, the yeast infection, if you take your dog to the vet, they're most likely going to prescribe you a skin cream to deal with the yeast. Uh, and there's medicated sprays and medicated baths too that they might try to give you. They're always trying to sell you stuff at that vet place. That's why I try to avoid going if I can. Mm -hmm. Again, not to be like an anti-vet station. I feel like I'm constantly like ragging on vets. They are very important people in our dog's lives, but they are. They do, they do like to take our money. So for simple stuff like this, where it's not going to like crazily harm your dog, I am willing to try like whatever home remedies like go oh, because a lot of them work like really well. All right, the next one is folliculitis. Folliculitis? So folliculitis. <laughs> I got the folliculitis. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a superficial bacteria that, uh, ha like, it looks like little tiny, like, sores, bumps, and scabs, like, on the skin. And you can obviously see it a lot easier, like, in short-haired dogs, but it might be a little bit hard and long-haired. So that's the other thing, too. You need to keep in mind, like, the, the fur factor. <laughs> The FF, everybody. <laughs> the fur factor. So if you notice your dog scratching and stuff, you might want to just like take a moment to really look under that fur. If they've got like a super thick coat and see what's going on underneath and see what you can see or find. Mm -hmm. But um, it says like folliculitis often occurs in conjunction with other skin problems, such as like the mange, allergies, or injury. So this is what's tough is like, what is a rash? What like what is like more about the follicles? Is this mange? Is this a hot spot? Is it? It's kind of hard to differ between one and the other. So yeah. my suggestion and what I tend to do and it and it and it works is like whenever you Google it, look under images so that you can say, oh yes, this is exactly what this looks like on mm -hmm. my dog because you can usually find like a photo that's very similar to what you're looking at, and that's sort of what happened with the ringworm. So, uh, for folliculitis, again, it's going to be medicated creams and stuff if you head on to the vet. So, for folliculitis, if you want to try something at home, um, you can just try giving them um, a providine bath, it says. So, that's over-the-counter stuff. Yes. So, an iodine bath might help them with that. And it's also suggesting, like, a uh, benzoyl peroxide shampoo. So, this is stuff that you can get, like, over-the-counter. Yeah. And give it a try at home before you go uh, headed to that expensive vet skis. So hmm. I would, I'm I'm a huge fan for trying the skin, uh, the the home remedy stuff before yeah. uh, taking off. All right, the next one is called impetigo. I, I wish you were reading these, Vero, because it would totally like cause your like impetigo, 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 a pet to go? <laughs> a pet to go, please. <laughs> I'll have a pet to go. I'll have a pet to go. Um, so a dog, a... preferably. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, impetigo is another bacterial infection, and it most commonly occurs in puppies. 
and it's these little like pus filled blisters so it's more of like a blistering that happens and it tends to happen in the uh abdomen (laughs) 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 and um yeah so uh have a look at that um, abdomen for the impetigo and um Another thing that I've read here, and this actually came suggested by a a couple of friends too, is for some of the bacterial stuff, they recognize, um, recognize, recommend using like raw honey. There's a lot of like really good stuff in like raw honey. So you can try putting that. Of course, they are going to lick that like crazy. So you might. (laughs) Manum, manum. You might want to consider the cone of shame. (laughs) (laughs) while trying like all these like home remedies because they're going to be like baking soda honey (laughs) (laughs) apple cider (laughs) Uh, that is quite the concoction maybe we should maybe we should make a home remedy like product that's like a mixture of all these things hopefully it doesn't explode in the bottle (laughs) it's going to be like a homemade volcano and to treat your dog's skin (laughs) skin issues it works on everything (laughs) <laughs> you can even use it on yourself ace your children's science project and get rid of empatigo <laughs> <laughs> on your abdomen <laughs> on your abdomen um so yeah so give that a try some honey for the impetigo. <laughs> um the next one is called saboria Mm. so this a lot of these things like happen in the humans too you know like the impetigo the seborrhea so so seborrhea causes a dog skin to become greasy and develop like scales like dandruff and sometimes it it can be a genetic thing that happens with dogs as well but um most dogs with seborrhea develop the scaling as a complication of another medical problem such as allergies or hormonal abnormalities and and that's the thing where yes if things aren't getting better and you're trying these remedies at home first like i think it's always a nice place to start but if things are getting worse or like progressing then it might be important to go see your vet because a lot of this stuff could be nutritional problems. It could be hormonal like issues and like all these types of things that might be important to check out with a vet. Mm-hmm. Enough vet slagging. I'm going to give them a little bit of a shout out there. <laughs> but um, again, they're, they're re- recommending medicated shampoos for the seborrhea. And for home remedies, they recommend like just supplementing food with omega-3 fatty acids. Mm-hmm. So it said, yeah. uh, check with, and it also said regular hair brushing. So same thing like um, with seborrhea, especially like like dandruff and flaking and stuff like that buildup of the skin. Sometimes it's just a buildup of that dead skin. So when you're brushing, you're stimulating those follicles, you're stimulating the skin and you're removing a lot of the dead skin that's there. So, and they also talked about regular baths with like an oatmeal shampoo. So it's like soothing. It reduces like the itchiness and the scaling and stuff like that. So that's a bunch of stuff that you can try with the Seborrhea. 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 All right. The next one is, guess what, folks? It's the ringworm. (laughs) (laughs) So no worms involved. It's just a fungus. 
um, it comes in, it forms in like circular patches. So you, like, even if you see it on yourself, like these circular, like, like about the size of, we'll say a dime or even bigger, like going up to like a quarter or we're Canadians here. So a toonie, what's a toonie? What's a toonie? Qu'est-ce que c'est? But they can get quite like big. Yeah, look up a toonie, folks, all our American friends and anyone else who <laughs> might be listening around the globe. But um, so they're going to, again, recommend it if you go to the vet. They're going to give you an antifungal cream. But as I mentioned earlier, you can use the apple cider vinegar. Mm. That straight, apple up. Cider, straight up. <laughs> straight up to the fatchy. <laughs> um. No, Gibbon tolerated it very well. Like, I just sort of, like, held it on his face. And then, you know, for... That's good, because it maybe... smells strong. And it's right beside I know, his snoot. Right, right beside his snoot. And I'm surprised he tolerated it. But he let me just soak it there for a good 15 to 20 seconds. And then he moves his face out of the way. Like, he's like, blah, 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 blah. And then he, like, no, licks, 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 licks. And then I'm like, all right, let's try it again. And so he was really good with me. And... Again, for some of this stuff, because like skin stuff, especially like depending on where you're going with your dog, if you're going in lakes and stuff like this in the summertime, a strong recommendation that I'm just going to throw out there is right from the get-go, get your dog used to touching them all over their body. I call it like the the pat-down. Think of it like an airport pat-down. Yeah. I, I started that since he was a pop, like pretending like I'm a vet and feeling down each and every single leg and in between the toes and all this sort of stuff right from where they're pups. Because then when they start to have issues, you can look at them and you can get a good look and see what you're looking at and try to figure out what's going on with the dog. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, for ringworm, it is um, either like an antifungal pet shampoo Apple cider vinegar is another huge one, and it rec- also recommends tea tree oil. Ooh. Yes. Hmm. Hmm. So, the- oh. so those are some things to try um, on your doko before you go run into the expensive vet. <laughs> <laughs> the next one that you'll see, and this isn't like, so shedding or like extreme hair loss, it's called alopecia. So have you guys ever seen the videos of like the rescue dogs where they find them and they're super like emaciated and they do have mange mm-hmm. on them and their skin looks like terrible and they have like no hair loss. So it's like usually a stress thing or a hormonal thing or a nutritional thing with them. But if you start to see that they're like missing patches of fur, like you might need to go to the vet to see what's going on. Cause if it's like, again, like they're missing something from their diet or something like that, y- you might want to correct that. But um, it could be a, a stress thing too so quit stressing yeah. out your dog <laughs> hmm. Hmm. yeah and uh yeah it's no fun when they get um, it happens to it, humans too it does alopecia it does big time so mm-hmm. and there's not like a lot of treatment for that really like I, that one's an either go to your vet or try to figure out what's stressing them out or see see what's up with that So, mange, and I'm pretty sure we talked about this one before, like on an episode way, way back. You know, we've been, we've been podcasting for so long now, it's hard to keep track. (laughs) But uh, mange is a skin disorder, and it's caused by tiny parasites called mites. And there's a sarcoptic mange, also known as 
canine scabies and it spreads easily among dogs and also can be transmitted to people but the parasites don't survive on humans it says um but there's like intense itching red skin open sores hair loss it's like on their ears their face their legs are like the the most commonly affected areas and if you think about it it's because that's where they can reach like the best and then there's (laughs) i wish i could get you to read this (laughs) it's called a demodectic mange and it can i can cause bald spots scabbing and sores but it's not contagious between animals of people. And the, the treatment depends on what type of mange that they have. So when I looked up like more natural, um, and, and do you want to know what like mange you think it's like on these like street dogs that don't have a home and they're horribly like poor nutritioned and this kind of stuff. But I think it happened to one of our buddies once, like our friend Mark there. I think his dog got mange once in the summer. And so it was just mites from somewhere. Like, again, if you're going up to the cottage or you go to a park and sometimes weird things just like move through cities and stuff like that. Like, you know, you have like a high amount of uh, ticks one year and maybe not the next and just different stuff happens like in our ecosystems. Right. So you never know what it is. But anyways, so when I looked up the home remedy for this one, it said applying olive oil directly to the affected areas can soothe the poor tender skin and might um, help rid the area of mange mites. And it also said sponge bathing your dog with a borax and hydrogen peroxide solution is another good way to treat mange. So again, it's really worthwhile to hit the interwebs and see what it is you're dealing with and, and experiment with a couple of like the more natural side to things. Yeah. Um, then of course there's fleas and fleas you'll be able to tell like you and I would look through, again if they have long hair go looking through the hair I can remember when my cat had fleas once you could literally see them crawling around on them oh my god yep and um so and you can look for bites but again it's like is it a rash is it ringworm is it like this like you need you need to like really look at it look at photos on the internet and see what you can what's happening on your dog and then see what you can do about it. But um, fleas, I would go looking, like, if you're noticing these little red spots and you're like, oh, is this impetigo? <laughs> oh, <laughs> is this <laughs> the mange? Demodectic mange. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, like, really have a good look around at everything. And, like, again, like, look to see if you can see anything crawling on them and, and uh, this type of stuff. And then, of course, there's latex. So I actually purchased one of those tick keys. Have you heard of these things? Like to remove it? Yeah. 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 Like I I decided to pick one up. I've never had to use it. Touch wood. Actually, that's a big fat lie. My husband used it on our child, but Mm. not on our dog. Um, (laughs) But ticks, you have to be careful of because their head it gets stuck underneath the skin and then you can like it can really lead to some terrible Lyme disease and stuff like that so tick meds are crazy expensive they've just recently started selling them over the counter now so it's not like you have to make an appointment and go to your vet to get it you can purchase them over the counter where we live anyways um but it is pretty pretty pricey and there's lots of other things like natural collars that you can put on them that like are repellents and stuff like that so 
give those a try if you know that your dog's going to be running through the woods or long grass like areas and stuff like that even in the cities that we live in ticks mm-hmm. are happening like all the time and I would say at the end of the night so let's say you went to the, somebody's cottage for the day and the dog's just out having a great old time like awesome good times are had by all when you get home from the cottage or late at night before you go to bed again do like the full airport pat down on your dog (laughs) and just do quick feel over everything to see if you can feel any large lumps or bumps or anything because the more this tick gets like buried in there the harder it is to get out and the more chances you have of making your dog like very very sick with the Lyme disease so um Mm-hmm. just uh that's that's my suggestion to you is have a quick feel down but the, it's, those ticks are definitely a pain in the butt so and then one last thing that um um this one place that i was looking at for all these like skin things suggest is if you ever notice a difference in color or texture changes like to your dog's skin that's gonna be a go to your vet for sure like not even like like you can see discoloration in like like a whole area of skin or like all of a sudden it's like elephant skin or something like this you might want to go to the vet because that could be who knows man that could be the big c the big c it could be a variety of different things so yeah anyways i thought it would be worthwhile going over just some of the skin things that can happen with your pooch Mm Hmm. no that's great Mm mm-hmm Ugh. Ugh. Mange. Mange. Impetigo. Impetigo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, we have a little project going on for Ralph that mm-hmm. we started today outside because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's getting cold. Mm-hmm. And our plan was to build a fence this year, but with every thing being so expensive uh we decided to wait mm-hmm. so we've been taking ralph outside like physically taking him out <laughs> um every time he has to go to the washroom and it's getting cold and i hate being cold so we bought well my boyfriend today bought some stuff at home depot and he built a little like chicken wire fence. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to buy some sort of like wired gate to put on top of the porch so that we can kind of just let Ralph out <laughs> of the front door. <laughs> <laughs> it might be an eyesore from the street, yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to be nice and toasty <laughs> inside. <laughs> we're still going to have to like keep an eye on him Yeah, when we let him out. But, um, yeah, especially in the morning, because we take him out, come back in, feed him, take him out again. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that'll be that'll be kind of nice. I have to say, after traveling with a dog in hotels and stuff like that, like I, I live like in a single family home where we have a fenced in backyard and to have to like get up, get dressed. <laughs> take the dog outside on a leash wait for them to do their thing and come back in was just like literally barbaric to me because I'm just so used to just waking up going downstairs and opening the door right and then they come back and scratch out the door when they walk back in like it's like yep it is a luxury that's for sure and it is and I I did it with Wiggum as well Mm -hmm. uh, because I lived in an apartment 
before. And yeah, it's like going down the stairs. Yep. That was worse because there was like stairs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So stairs. anyways, that kind of got me thinking about like how to exercise your dog in the winter. Like when it's minus 40 outside mm-hmm. here in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. How to exercise your dog. So I looked that up. And I found some ways, some creative ways, or stuff that you might not think about um, that are easy schmeasy to do. Mm. So one, rotate the toys. Ah, yes. Yes. So if you have your dog's toys, the same toys, and they're always out, and the dog has access to them all the time, he's going to get tired of them, and he's never going to play with them. So leave a couple out. He's going to have fun with them. And then maybe... Two days later, switch them up. Little side note, this works with children too. (laughs) (laughs) It's always exciting. It is. Yeah. We do that with Ralph. He has like the random toy that's always out, but he does, he's so funny. Like he'll just grab a toy and he's just like, he like waves his head in the air. (laughs) It's like, what are you doing? He's like, come play with me. Come try Mm -hmm. to grab it from me. And Ralph has a lot of energy right now. <laughs> yeah. He's being a little twerp. A little twerp? Sometimes. Yeah. So my boyfriend was building this fence today and he came in with like muddy shoes. Um, and then he, he took them off at the entrance. And then he went to get something in the basement while Ralph was like, mm, shoes. So he doesn't like chew them, but he'll take them like he takes a toy and he'll like wave them everywhere. <laughs> so he's in the living room with this muddy shoe. Like just shaking it all over just the place. shaking it everywhere. <laughs> and or like cream colored chairs at this big screen. Oh no. And then it's like he plays keep away. Yeah. Yeah. But I think my, chase him down. my voice was like so deep and like, I was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> <He> stopped. <laughs> I think I just surprised him. He's like, Oh, <laughs> Ooh, she might he stopped and I took the shoe away. But yeah, there was like mud everywhere. I was like, Oh, that's terrible. Ralph. That's wonderful. <laughs> like a, like a bounty commercial. <laughs> get, yep. get your paper Pretty towels much. out folks. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the other way you can exercise your dog is to play hide and seek. Oh my God. My I kids all the time. love playing hide and seek with Gibbon. He's so good at it too. Yeah. Yeah. So if your dog is like distracted for like a few seconds there, like slip into a closet, um, like hide behind a piece of furniture. You can even just take a piece of kibble and put them in a sit stay and then go hide somewhere and then call them and be like, okay, and they have to come find yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Hide under a blanket. That's a good one because they have to like sniff and like dig out underneath oh, the blanket. Yeah. yeah. I feel like Ralph would like just jump on me yep, and hurt he me. Would. Hurt me yep. somehow. <laughs> yep. That happens too. With the under the blanket like, hides. Big or time. like a bite. <laughs> that I'm, also I'm, happens I'm, when, I'm. <laughs> when hiding under a blanket. <laughs> Maybe don't do the blanket unless you're really adventurous. Because <laughs> they will walk all over you and bite you underneath the blanket. <laughs> yep. Uh, set up an obstacle course. Oh. Mm-hmm. You can either put like a rope 
somewhere uh-huh. and get them to jump over it. Um, you know, if you're, <laughs> if your dog's a lot on the furniture, you get them to jump up and down uh-huh. um, until they get tired. Uh, play the shell game. What's the shell game? So you need some really like super smelly treats and uh-huh. a couple of cups. Oh. And you just hide one of the treats under the cup and you move them around. And then you just watch your dog, like, try to figure out which, which cup the treat is under. Oh, yes. I feel like Ralph would just be all over the place. <laughs> Cups! <laughs> Ba-boom! <laughs> yep. Um, make your dog chase bubbles. Oh. Mm-hmm. Dogs do love bubbles. Yeah. I wonder if you can make flavored bubbles. Can you make flavored bubbles, do you think? So on this website, it says you can get bacon-scented or peanut butter-scented bubbles. Oh, my God. Or you can make your own, which is less interesting but safe. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if you can put, like, flavoring. I don't know. Maybe not. Don't do that, people. There might be some, like, what's that sugar? Uh, Xylitol or something like that? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Do not do it. But I wonder if you could with like beef broth or something. No, but still. It might be too heavy. We need some science people to develop this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Feed your dog using a food toy. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty self-explanatory. Or a like puzzle stuff. Yes, a sniffle mat. Yes, that was so good. Yeah, there's like all different types of like little like puzzle games for them to play where it's like they have to put press something with their paw and it opens a door where there's like a little bit of kibble in there and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, they do love that. Um, Teaching your dog new tricks. Yeah. That tires them out. Even exercising some pretty basic tricks like a sit and stay and making them wait to eat their dinner. Yeah. That'll take it out of them. Make them wait for like five minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what were we doing with Ralph? And he was just like panting. Like he was, I think we just made him sit and stay for something. And he was just like, <laughs> like it was hard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is tough, mom. <laughs> I just I just want to eat it. I just want to make it eat. <laughs> nom noms. And the other thing is a treadmill. Mm. Yeah. Treadmill for your dog. So I was kind of reading about it because I've heard like sometimes. Um, like I've heard different things about it. Like, yes, like it's good for your dog or no, it's not good for their joints. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think, uh, so there's a Facebook group called, and I'm just waiting for somebody to accept, accept me into the group because I'm curious about this treadmill thing. Um, it's called canine conditioning and body awareness exercises. Um, and I think they use like evidence-based stuff, um, research and all that best practices and all that Uh um to answer a lot of the questions Uh um and I know they're talking about treadmills in here but my membership is pending so I can't 
I can't peruse <laughs> this Facebook cannot group peruse. yet. You cannot peruse? No. Well, when you do, send it to me so I can peruse as well. Yeah. Because now you've got my interests peaked. <laughs> so I think the size of the treadmill and the size of your dog matters. Um, I don't know if it's because they can get injured more easily. You know, if it's a big dog and you just have like this regular treadmill. Well, yeah, you can't put like a Dane and a Chihuahua on the same treadmill, probably <laughs> at the no. same speed, probably not. <laughs> Unless you really want to send that Chihuahua airborne. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. And then uh, dogs that have joint issues, hip problems. Um, and I think it's because they can't stop, right? Yeah. I guess they could hop off, but maybe they feel like they're forced to stay on for, you know, the 15 minutes or 20 minutes that you have them on there. Whereas when you're walking some, them, yeah, you but know, some, they can slow down yeah. and take their time. Or maybe some people leash their dogs to it, which is like terrible. Yeah. I would think like if I was going to treadmill my dog, I would be standing there like, so I'm there the whole time. Oh, definitely. But, but I could see that how people would be like, all right, temporary exercise and leash them up and like go make dinner like while their dog's like treadmilling it. But like, oh my God, God, if something happens, like, oh, no, you got to stay with your dog if you're going to treadmill your dog. Yes. But and then um, they said mature dogs, like it's not good for mature dogs. And uh, so I couldn't see why, like, in the article, and I'm wondering if, you know, when you're running outside and you're running on the treadmill, yeah, like, you're still, you don't it's really more, have to, like, propel. Impact. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't have to it's... propel yourself forward because it's done for you. So I'm wondering if it's, like, you know, it's good for cardio, but it doesn't really build muscle. Yeah. Or it could even just be like from like, it's it's kind of like the reason why people get plantar fasciitis, right? Like we were meant to walk barefoot on the earth, but not on tiled like marble mm -hmm. and, and porcelain and stuff like this, which is like what collapses our arches and stuff like this. So like dogs are used to walking around in the grass and through forests and all this kind of stuff. And now you're, the impact of them, like, I think on a treadmill is them walking on this hard surface and if that's your only mode of exercise for like an older dog like it's it's gonna wreak havoc I think on their probably already old joints yeah you could probably put them like in some sort of like pool somewhere if, oh, we should have that for senior dogs I think they do they have like water physio and stuff no. like this yes Darn. I know. So as I was looking at this, um, I came across a website. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. called Eight Controversial and Strange Pet Products. Oh. And two of these really stood out. So Dog Treadmill is one of them. Mm -hmm. um, they do have treadmills just for dogs. Mm -hmm. But one that has absolutely nothing to do with dogs. <laughs> a goldfish walker. What's a goldfish walker? So <laughs> it looks like this like little platform and it has a little like aquarium on it. Mm -hmm. And you can see there's a goldfish in there. Like it's full of water. Yeah. It's on wheels. And there's a handle where you can like walk in front of it and pull it just like a little trolley. And you're just walking your goldfish. <laughs> 
And it says, neighborhood cats rejoice. Your Meals on Wheels has arrived. (laughs) (laughs) This device serves no practical service, but for fish fans, it's a new accessory that might fit into their exercise routine. Just watch for those felines, okay? (laughs) Oh my God, that is so funny. (laughs) And the other one that I saw is a dog washing machine. Come on. So it looks like a torture device. I'm Googling as we speak. Yeah. So if you want to Google what in the world, insert dog, turn on machine, wash, rinse, dry. Like it looks like a torture device that you insert your dog. um, Like. For it, a half hour. Is it a dogomatic wa- washing machine? I think so. Yeah, that no, that doesn't look nice. Oh, they wouldn't like that. They would freak out. You is can it put the them in a machine. Anyways, I think there's different one. I think this one is the washomatic can. Anyways, oh it actually like looks like it's coin operated, like you just put your dog in it. And yeah, it doesn't look very nice. No. So no. If we had to do a booper snoot, this would be like major snoot. Oh yeah, for sure. Major snoot. Major snoot. Major snoot. Major snoot. Although, do you want to know what I see what a lot of people do? And I wish, like, if I had millions of dollars, I absolutely would. So I put in dog washing machine and then went to images and stuff like that. But some people in their homes, like, either in their laundry room or their mud room, make this tiny, like, little nook that is plumbed in, like, with, like, a faucet and, like, a showering thing. Where literally, like, you can rinse off your dog or rinse off their paws or whatever. It's like a little tiny little like imagine like if you have like a stand-up shower like in a basement somewhere that's just like sort of tiled in like that's kind of like what it's like it's like maybe like at at max three feet by three feet of this like tiled in area just with plumbing like right on the wall there so that you can take a little shower head off and give them a quick little spritz Mm -hmm. or whatever and that that would be awesome because like you come home from a place and it's like or you like in the spring can be like really terrible like I can remember buying my dogs those plastic booties like in one of our old homes that we used to live in because when the snow would start to melt it was like they would come in just absolutely paws covered like in mud like up to their elbows Uh, yeah and it was horrible so I mean I definitely wish I had one of those it would be amazing. Yeah. And it would be a great place to bathe your dog, too. Yeah. As soon as but, you come in. Oh, yeah. So good. So mm-hmm. good. If I had a million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all. Yeah. So Google the uh, goldfish walker <laughs> and the dog washing machine. <laughs> or don't. <laughs> or don't. It's really not going to give you anything. Or buy yourself a lottery ticket and get yourself <laughs> in a little doggy wash-off area in your house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, please. All righty. Well, thanks for listening and tune in next week on, on Let's Poop Snoots. Boop. Boop.